Good morning again. Um, if you have your Bibles, I would go ahead and encourage you all to open up to Matthew 16. Matthew 16 is kind of where we're going to be hanging out, just a couple short, small verses, but I, I found them to um, reveal this idea of surrender. But before we jump into this idea of surrender, I think we need to kind of address um, the quote elephant in the room, meaning this, we don't like to quit. So automatically, when we hear the word surrender, there's this tension in us that says, hold up a second. Because if you're like me, as you were growing up, and even right now, if you have grandkids, kids, we all share these words with them. Don't quit. If you start it, you finish it. How many of y'all have said that before? Yeah, right? We, don't, we just don't like to be equated as, quote, the, the more harsher version of that is don't be a quitter. Hey, nobody want to be a quitter or be called a quitter or be called out to be a quitter. Like there's that tension, right, where we, we, we have been told, like, you have to power through. And even as we come, you know, through this pandemic, we were going through these situations where surrender really was something we wanted to do desperately, but we were told and encouraged we need to push through. Don't be a quitter. Nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> However, today, as we jump into this and we look at this idea, like there's this times in our life where there needs to be a surrender. There's time when pain comes into our life where maybe we need to quit. I can remember one time uh, back in elementary school, and it, it seems like I was just, a, man, I look back because I share a lot of stories from my days in elementary school. They were not pretty to me. But I can remember... This, this idea, like I was always this kid that was kind of getting picked on, I was undersized, and I remember distinctly, like wrestling was huge down south in Kentucky. Um, maybe I'm not sure where y'all were here, you know, in the early 80s, but wrestling was huge. So for me, as a kid that was getting picked on, what it was on the playground was me running from said kids who just wanted to go all WWE on me. And when they would capture me, they would put me in one of those, like, whatever, arm bars or figure fours or whatever those things were. And it, it reminds me of the, the movie A Christmas Story. They're like, uncle, uncle. Like, they want you to scream out. They want you to tap out. Like, they're going to keep putting pressure on, and either they're going to break your arm. And I think about that, though. Would they really have broken my arm? Like, as an adult, I think, ah, uh, I think that was just all hype. But I wasn't willing to risk it. So there's a point where they are bending my arm in a direction it's not meant to go. Everybody on the playground looking at Mike, and I have two choices. Either I let them break my arm and be like, I can take this, or I tap out. And so humility and pride in the situation steps in, and I'm like, yeah, stop, uncle, whatever, make it stop. And then they stop. And see, I could have let it go, and I could have accepted the pain, or I could have stepped into humility and said, hey, surrender, stop. But that's not always pretty. Like, when we surrender or we give up what seemingly is something we're just not designed to do, it's hard. And there's a humility to it, and there's a setting aside of our own personal pride when that comes into play. And today what I hope you see is that there is a time and a place where surrender is important. 
It's not that you give up on your dreams. It's not that you give up and, and you surrender and you're not going to work hard when things become difficult in life. That's okay. But what I hope you hear today is that when things become difficult, when things are going not quite the way you wanted them, there is, there is change in your life that when you surrender, it's actually you're surrendering because you know you can't do it by yourself. You just need a little help. Who's going to walk with you and help you in the midst of this craziness? So the surrender isn't, I'm not going to push through, I'm not going to be strong, it's saying I'm surrendering because I can't do it alone. I need somebody to walk with me in the mess. I need somebody to come with me. And hopefully you hear that difference. Because I don't want anybody to walk away from here today thinking I don't have to work hard when things become difficult because things will be difficult in our life. We will have to get up, dust ourselves off, and push through. But there will be a moment when we will need to surrender. And today we're going to talk about four different ways what that looks like to surrender. And, it, and it's more, not just four different ways, it's more of a layering of the more difficult things get. Are we still willing to surrender to seek the help that we need? That is the question. See, it's my hope that we'll see that when we go to surrender, that we are willing to surrender not on our own behalf, not on our own will, but that we will seek out God's will and his umbrella for our life, that we will seek out this, this power that is bigger and greater than us when times become difficult, when we know we can't do it our own, but we don't want to give up. We don't want to be the quitter, but we know we need to surrender if we're going to take that next step. Because if we don't surrender, we're not going to get there. And that's my hope. That's my hope. And listen up, y'all. Surrender is not this one-time thing. I've found in my life that I've surrendered over and over and over and over again. Like surrender is one of those things, unfortunately, because life isn't you surrender to whatever that pain, whatever that thing is in your life right now, and you get through, and you're like, yes, I'm done. I did my thing. It's never going to be bad again. There's never going to be any struggle. There's never going to be any change. Life is going to be great. We surrender once. We accept Jesus once. We love Jesus. We move with life, and it's awesome. False. Surrender happens sometimes on a daily basis, and for some of us, on an hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute basis, we need to remind ourselves that we cannot do this mess ourselves. We need to surrender to God and say, God, please help me. Because we don't got it. Call me a quitter. I'm good with it. But will you surrender? Will you surrender when you need to? Are you willing to set your own pride aside to say, you know what, I don't got this? Are you willing to, to step into a scenario where you say, you know what, God, I, I cannot take another step. I cannot grasp another thing. I cannot move one more space into this change that you put in front of me and say, yes, unless you are here with me because I don't got it. And that's what we're going to dig into today, because I think sometimes we don't understand how drastic it is to take that step to surrender. Let's pray. 
Dear God, as we jump into your word today, God, I just pray that, that we surrender now, before we even jump in, that we surrender our hearts, our minds, and our soul to you, to the, to the hearing of your word, to the prompting of your Holy Spirit, that we may be guided and directed in such a way that we may be transformed in this moment right here, God, because we understand that until we can surrender ourselves to you, we don't know the true love you have for us. So God, be with us in this time and guide and lead us as we dig into your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we, we've clarified, we don't like to surrender as people, right? He, who in here likes to surrender? Good. We're on the same page. We don't like to be called quitters. We don't, be like, you know, like we don't want to be that person that says, hey, they gave up in that game and there's like the game winning shot and you quit on your team or you're losing even more so because it's harder when you're losing and you just check out because you're like done why bother we don't want to be known as that person that gave up or checked out or surrendered totally against who we are but today we're going to say yes it's okay to surrender it's okay to have that courage to surrender so the question we have to ask ourselves are we truly surrendering? Because here's the thing when we say surrender, because we don't like to surrender, like we're in this space where we're like, eh, I don't want to surrender, I don't want to be giving up on anything. Here's what I think we like to do. So instead of surrendering, we like to compromise. Instead of surrendering all, like giving all, even to Jesus, we would rather compromise because if we compromise, I can still say I love Jesus, but over here, I'm going to compromise what I'm willing to surrender. So you're going to surrender with an asterisk. Like I'm good up to a point, but mm, I'm going to stop here. And we're going to dig in because it's, it's hard what Jesus calls his disciples to do. And as we lean in, if we have accepted the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into our life, we are disciples. So when Jesus speaks to his disciples, Jesus speaks to us. And there's a truth that we need to take out of that when we hear it. So are we just compromising and going through the motions? And I think for most of us, me included, that's our comfort zone when it comes to surrender. That's where we like to live. We want to surrender under our own terms. So we want to compromise. We want to compromise. Are you surrendering or are you compromising so you can have control of the parts of your life that you want to control are you surrendering or are you compromising so you can hang on to those parts of your life that you want to control that is the question we have to ask see here's the definition of surrender and, and this is webster's de definition and it simply says this and this is the verb this is the action of surrender okay we're, we're talking about an action because there's an action involved and jesus is going to call us to that action but it says this to yield to the power control or possession of another upon compulsion or demand so to yield upon compulsion or demand and that's where the compromise comes in like we, we can be compelled to surrender up to a certain point but what happens when we are demanded to surrender something we like to puff up and like whoa you can't tell me what i need to give up in my own life like who are you to say i need to give up 
fill in the blank. And I don't even have to fill it in because you all are growing right through your head right now. Because somebody has told you in your life at one point in time and demanded that you give up something in your life, whether, that, whether it was good, bad, or otherwise, there is a situation where we as humans say, whoa, stop, you cannot tell me or demand to me to give up anything. Not your call. Not a quitter. Not giving up. And, and sometimes it's something that we really should give up. And sometimes maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just something that they see in our lives. Like, like there's a whole line, and we're not going to get into the, to the mix of what those things are. But the point is this, is we don't like to surrender. And as we listen to this idea of surrender being a compromise, I'm not for sure that's the biblical definition of surrender. Because that's not what we see in Jesus. Like, we don't see Jesus and, and the example that he set before us, that this is how you surrender. We don't see him compromising, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. So if you have your Bibles open, we're going to jump into these two short verses. Again, we are in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. So, so Jesus is laying out some pretty harsh ideas here. And I think to understand the ideas that he's laying out as far as where we're going to see these four steps to surrender, we need to back up and, and understand how we got to these statements. Why is Jesus all of a sudden saying, look, y'all, if you're going to do this, and he's laying out, take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. And he's laying this out. Where did we get here? And, and why is Jesus saying this? And, and what we see leading up to this is two key scenarios two key conversations all in chapter 16 the first one we see starting around verse 15 and this is where jesus says to his disciples who do they say i am and of course they're they're rattling off prophets and this that and another and then they say jesus says to them who do you say i am and of course peter jumps up and peter says you're the messiah Jesus, you are the man. You are the promised Messiah to come and rescue us. And Jesus is like, Peter, you are blessed. Not because of anything you did. It says in verse 17, Jesus replied to Peter when he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you of by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So this is key. I want you to remember, right now Jesus is blessing Peter. See, what we're seeing is breakdown of the Easter story. Y'all are going to be talking about this here in the upcoming weeks, and, and you're just getting a snapshot of it now. But then Jesus goes on after he says, yes, I'm the Messiah. And you got to think the disciples are like, yes, we finally know who you are. We finally know why you're here. And they're getting pumped because they think there's a battle coming. And there is, but not the one they expected. Because then, just a few verses later, what does Jesus say to them? From that time, starting verse 21, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, 
and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day he will raise again. So Jesus just affirms to, to his closest friends, to the disciples, that yes, I am the Messiah. And in his next breath he says, but I need to die. So that gets us where we're at. So Jesus is saying, look, this thing is coming. You're my disciples, but if you're going to follow me, know I'm going to die. So there are some things you're going to have to surrender if, you're, if this party's going to keep going. Like if you're going to keep following me when I'm gone, th- there are some things you need to understand. And not only that, you need to surrender some things right now. And that's where we jump into these two verses, and that's how we get there. Jesus says, I'm the Messiah. Jesus says, I'm going to die I'm going to come back in three days, but things are going to change. Now, do you still want to be my disciples? Like, who's going to step into that? Who's going to say, me, our leader's leaving, he's dying, but but I'm good. No, the disciples are confused. They're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And then he lays this on them in verses 24 and 25. So we're going to break down these, these four ideas of what it means to surrender in verse 25 alone we're going to see these four ideas and the first one is this starting in verse 24 jesus says whoever wants pause whoever wants whoever wants and i love the esv translation because it says if anyone would come after me if anyone would so whoever wants that is a choice jesus is laying out to his disciples right away look you have a choice to make whoever Any of y'all, whoever, this is to us too, all right? So this is us. Whoever wants to be my disciple. Amen. Whoever wants to be my disciple, there's a a choice. So Jesus is not saying, look, you are my disciples. I'm going to die. You are going to do what I said you are going to do. It's a choice. Jesus has given the disciples and us a choice But that choice, are you going to surrender into that choice? And and that's the very first idea of surrender, is are we going to surrender into that choice? Jesus opens with a choice to surrender. We have to make that choice. Or are we just going to seek our own self-preservation? Are we going to continue to see what the world says? Are we going to continue to lean into that? Are we going to seek, yes, I want to be your disciple. See, we've been talking about these heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 over the last few weeks. And and we've been seeing these heroes be revealed in Genesis and Exodus and their stories. And I would argue this, if we are going to have faith, if we say, yes, Jesus, I have faith that you died for me, which he says he's going to do. I have faith that you defeated death. I have faith that you are rescuing me and you are standing before God the Father and saying, I love them and I am going to absorb their sins for them so they may have ever-loving life with you, the Father. If you say, I believe that, you have faith, right? But if you have that faith, you have to surrender into that. So even that first step, I would argue, our very first step when we have faith that we know that Jesus came to rescue us is that we have surrendered all before him because you can't have it any other way you can't say Jesus rescued me and not say I surrendered before the feet of Christ and say I know you rescued me so yes 
I want to step into the mess. So yes, I want to surrender to you, Jesus. So yes, I want to be your disciple. That is the first step, is that we need to take that step and say, I surrender to Jesus. And he's offering that choice to the disciples. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and what? Lean not into your own understanding. That is an action. That is surrender because you don't get it. And some things we're just not supposed to get, but we are supposed to lean into and surrender. So have you taken that first step? This is a question you have to answer. For some of you, maybe you haven't taken that first step as you sit in this room. And I would encourage you to take that first step and say, God, I can't do this. And surrender to that foot of the cross and say, God, please rescue me. And for some of you, you have taken that first step and you said, yes, God, I surrender. But I would ask you this, have you set your pride aside? Are you still compromising? Have you said, yes, God, I surrender, asterisk, compromise, but I'm going to do it on my own? That is totally the opposite of the definition of surrender, just so we're clear. That is compromise, not surrender. So where are you at? Have you asked Jesus? Because if you have asked Jesus these words, then I would say, yes, you have surrendered. Have you said, Jesus, take away my pain? Jesus, take away my sin? Jesus, take my whole life because my life is yours and do with it as you will. And we see the same example with Jesus in the garden before he is arrested when he says, God, Father, if there's any other way, please take this away from me right now. So even Jesus is trying for a brief second to play that compromise game. He's like, if there's any other way, any, like, let's talk about this. But he ends it with surrender, but not my will. Your will be done. Have you surrendered to the choice to be a disciple of Jesus? If you have, Jesus now ups the ante as normally Jesus does. Because he's like, all right. He says, excuse me, then Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples must. And if you're highlighting, taking notes, circling anything, circle that must. Because that's a command. He's not giving you an out for a compromise at this point. He's saying, If you surrendered here, so if you made that first surrender, you must do what's following. You must do these next couple things that are coming up. So let's see, did you truly surrender? So we see these next couple steps, and the next one that we see is deny yourself. Deny yourself. And I would argue this is a pretty big one too, right? Like, deny yourself. What do you mean by this, Jesus? Jesus is sharing with his disciples, you will need to surrender who you are, yourself, your whole being, to to Jesus. Like, you have to surrender all. And that's hard because, again, we like to hold on with our own pride, with the things that we want to hold on to. And Jesus is saying, no, deny yourself. Wearsby put it this way, deny yourself. Denying yourself is not the same as self-denial. 
<clears throat> we practice self-denial when for good purpose or occasionally we give up things or activities. But we deny self when we surrender ourselves to Christ and determine to obey his will. So denying self and self-denial are two different things. Like we can all give up something for a little bit, right? Like some of you who are in the midst of Lent are giving up some things. I don't know, chocolate, caffeine, whatever, screens, you name it. Some of you are like, yep, for Lent, I am going to give these things up. But you know there's an end in sight. You're like, I can do this because I know I get it back here. Like I'm willing to, to temporarily deny myself, but I'm not willing to deny all of myself. And you feel good about it, right? Like, whew, that was good. Made it. Then you binge on that next day, like after Lent's over, and you have all the chocolate or all the caffeine, and then you're like freaking out because you just went overboard, indulged. So the question then is, are we willing to deny, not saying deny ourselves, but as Wiersbe put it, are we willing to give all to Christ? Are we willing to let go of our pride? Remember, we don't like to be quitters. Remember, we don't like to give up. So now it's saying deny all of you. Are you willing to give up all of yourself to follow Jesus? Or you're good with following Jesus if. If Jesus doesn't call me to do something really, really, really hard, I'm in. If Jesus doesn't say, hey, I need to give up something I really, really, really love, cool, we're good. Or Jesus says, hey, I don't have to, to make any changes drastically in my life. I'm going to sit in this bubble and be comfortable. I'm in. That's not what Jesus says. That is not what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't say that. Let me ask this. Did Jesus ask this when he was preparing to serve his mission in this world? So when Jesus was sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm willing to surrender my deity, my lordship. I'm willing to come to this ugly world in this human form. And I'm willing to live here. And I'm willing to go to death on a cross for just the Israelites. That's it. All the rest of y'all, out. I mean, that's what the Old Testament said, right? That's all I got to do. Like, it's just this group of people. I certainly don't have to die for everybody and all of the sins in the world. No. Jesus denied all all of himself for you so that you may be rescued so that you may know what eternal life is so that you may know what unconditional love is Jesus didn't put an asterisk on it and now he's saying to us who follow him are you willing to surrender yourself to serve him it's a hard question but I think we've already surrendered that we, we accept him. Now the question is, are we willing to surrender ourself? Are we willing to surrender all of ourself? See, Jesus didn't just say he was going to die for certain people. He surrendered all for all. 
Jesus surrendered all for all. And, and that's a hard ask. So to deny yourself is to lose yourself, not out of desperation, but rather through an act of faith so that you may surrender all to the one who surrendered all to you. It's a faith. It's stepping in faith. We can't do it on our own. We've established that. We need to surrender before Christ now out of faith that we know that this Jesus guy is real. Now he's saying, are you willing to surrender all for the person who surrendered all for you? So there's number two. We have to deny ourselves. And Jesus keeps getting more just difficult. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and keep the ball rolling. Take up your cross. Take up your cross. So what does this mean? Now we have this image, keep in mind, he just shared with his disciples that he's going to die this brutal death. So that is fresh in their mind as they're having this conversation. He's the Messiah. He's surrendering all to death to be raised three days later. So he has already told the disciples this. So they know that, that this cross thing, they know what that means. They understand that a cross means crucifixion. And so in their mind, you have to believe this has to be a difficult ask because right away the disciples are going, wait, you want me to die? Is that what you mean, Jesus? Is, is that what you're asking us to do? Are you asking me to give up all, meaning my life, to carry this cross with you? And in some cases, I think yes. But, but unfortunately for us, especially in Western culture, we have sanitized the gospel. Made it easy. We compromise. And I would say that goes to, to far too many churches as well. Like, like we've made it sterile to the point where it's palatable, where we, can, where we can accept it and be like, yeah, I can do that. I mean, I just got to be nice to some people, and, and I got to pray the prayer, and I got to love some people. I'm good with that, but I don't have to sacrifice any of the, my stuff. Like, I don't have to give up anything I have. Let's not include death. Let's just talk about stuff or time or building into a relationship, let alone death. We make it so easy to say what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And the fact of the matter is the Bible never says it's easy. But he says it's loving and it's a true relationship. And if any of you have had any type of relationship, you know there's work and there's compromise. Jesus isn't expecting anything less. So what are you willing to give up? And we see this in Peter. Like, everybody loves Peter, right? Like, he's just this guy. He's, he's, he's got this straight-up attitude about life, and he's, like, no nonsense. But just a couple verses before this, so we talked about, like, Peter was just blessed, right? Because he, he says, you are the Messiah, Jesus. Then we hear about the cross. And then... What happens, starting in verse 22, <clears throat> Peter took him aside, him being Jesus, and began to rebuke him. 
never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. So I'm just envisioning all the disciples, right? And, and Peter's like over here like, what did he say? And he's like, hey, Jesus, I got something. Can you, nope, I don't want them all to hear. Come here for a second. So it says he pulls Jesus aside like, hey, I got some stuff to talk to you about because you're wrong. That's what Peter says, right? Like, you're wrong, Jesus. You're not supposed to die. Like, you're supposed to rule the world. You're wrong. This is the person that Jesus has blessed because he affirmed he was the Messiah. So, so in Peter's mind, he's like, you are the Messiah, but this isn't what the Messiah is supposed to do. You're not supposed to die. And, and Peter has him over here, and he's like pleading with him. And what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block for me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Why did Jesus call him Satan? Like, that's always a question for me. Like, okay, that, that's pretty harsh, Jesus, for anybody. Not to mention, you just blessed them just a few verses ago. So, like, 20 minutes ago, you're like, phew, Peter, you are the man, bless you. And now you're, he's Satan? Like, how did you go? Like, how did that happen? And we see the answer at the end of verse 23. <clears throat> he says, you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. Why does he call him Satan? Because Peter's getting it twisted. Peter didn't surrender all. He had that compromise, like, Jesus, I'm with you, I'm with you, but he's seeing the world. He's not seeing Jesus. And even Peter's like, no, man, this can't happen. Peter was not willing to completely surrender. And as we see Peter, even further on as the crucifixion comes, Peter is not willing to completely surrender. He's not willing to take up that cross. There's a line that he's like, I'm not giving up. What does it mean to take up your cross? It means by faith, you're surrendering all to Jesus. It's simply that. It means if you're going to take up your cross, it means by faith, you're surrendering all to Jesus which partners right with that denial, right? So if we're denying things, we're already giving up. So are you willing to give up your hopes and dreams to follow Jesus? Are you willing to leave your family if necessary to follow Jesus? Are you willing to make a, a major change in your life if it means to follow Jesus? Are you willing, yes, to give up your life to follow Jesus? And, and the thing is, that's hard but that is the line, and most of us in here are not going to be martyrs by death to follow Jesus. But if we look around the world right now, we don't have to look too far to see there are martyrs who are losing their life because they love Jesus. So the question we have to ask ourselves if we're put in that situation and we say, yes, Jesus, first, we, we see the beginning where we made the choice to surrender. Then we said, yes, Jesus, we're willing to deny everything to you. Then are we willing to actually deny our life? both physically in our life, how we live it? Are we willing to put open hands out and say, Jesus, this is yours. Do with it what you will. Not my will, but your will. See, everybody's cross is going to look different. We all don't carry the same shape, the same size, the same cross. But we all, if we answer that and surrender that first time, we all are carrying a cross. 
which means we have things in our life that God's going to call us to do that is part of that cross that we have to surrender and say, okay, God, you're calling me to it. Let's do this. I'm going to take my cross with me, and we're going to go, whatever that looks like. Are you willing to step into that if God calls? As we finish up, there's one more statement in this one little verse. So he says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants choice to be my disciples must command, deny themselves, and take up their cross, and ultimately, simply put, just follow me. Just follow me. Step four is that, follow me. The last step to surrender is to ultimately answer the statement that when Jesus says, follow me, are you going to follow him? Are you going to follow him? And, and that's why I love this idea of the ESV translation when we look back. And it said what? It said, hey, if anyone would come after me. I just love how the ESV puts it. If anyone would come after me in verse 24 is this idea of, a, of an action that, yes, we're going to step into this and we're going to follow you, Jesus. Wherever you lead us, we are going to go. That's the surrender. Wherever you take us, Jesus, we are following you. We don't lead the way. We don't set the standard. We don't say it's my way because I'm not a quitter. I'm doing this. We don't compromise. We say, Jesus, where you lead, I will follow. And that's going to be hard sometimes. You're not going to like it. It's going to be difficult, and the Bible never says it won't. There are going to be some ideas of following Jesus that's going to be beautiful, and it's going to cost you little. There's going to be other ideas of following Jesus that are going to be hard, and it's going to cost you a lot. Friends, family. But Jesus is saying, if you answered yes to these other things, then follow me, let's go. we got work to do we got some things to do. We hear this verse often, but I think it, it, it fits right here. And it's John 3, 16 and 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus surrendered it all for each and every one of you. Jesus said, I love them too much to leave them alone. Jesus said, they are too precious to me to say, I'm going to walk away. Jesus said, they are too beautiful to say, I'm going to give up. Jesus was not a quitter. Jesus quit in this way and saying, I'm going to surrender my own life for their life. And now he's saying, for those of us that step into that relationship, are we willing to do the same? Are we willing to follow him? And there's, there's, there's a challenge to that because Jesus tells his disciples in verse 25 what happens if they choose to or choose not to and he says this to his disciples whoever wants to save their life will lose it 
but whoever loses their life for me will find it. He's saying, look, if you don't want to surrender to me, that's okay. But there's a consequence. There's something that's going to come with that. And he's saying, if you, you don't surrender to me and follow me, then you will ultimately lose your life. But he says, if you do this, you'll have eternal life. That's the beauty in it, that, that we can be rescued. We want to finish with this one last verse before we kind of close out. It's Galatians chapter 2, verse 30, and, and we see Paul kind of wrestling through this idea of surrender. And, and Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That is this surrender right there. And both sides, Paul's saying, I, I died to self. And we hear this when we baptize people. And I'm raised in Christ. I'm now living in Christ. And Christ is now living in me because I surrendered my old life to Christ. And that's the amazing idea of the gospel is, one, we didn't deserve it. But Jesus says, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to surrender. And two, when we step into it and we finally surrender and make that choice and say, we surrender all to you, God. Now God lives in us. So I just lead and end with, will you surrender? Let's pray. Dear God, we are thankful for this time that we can gather together. God, we are thankful for the sacrifice you made by sending your son, by surrendering him to this world in such a way that we may see ever-loving life through his shed blood. God, I pray today that we will surrender all to you, that we will give up all to you, that we will leave our hands open and not close, that we will present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you and that you may use us in mighty ways, that you may use us in our surrendered life to, to share your love with others through our actions, through our words. And God, that we may be bold in our faith and that we may step into whatever it is that you call us to, no matter what that looks like. Whether we have to leave a place we love, whether we have to give up a thing we love. Ultimately, we know your love rules us and we want the world to know that love that rescued us. So God, we surrender today to you. Pray this in Jesus' name.